0: Welcome to the August 3rd evening sermon from the Revival at Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. This sermon was delivered by Evangelist Earl Clarkson. Well, glory! Revival has already started here. We are in the midst of revival. Now listen, I'm not preaching in a funeral home tonight. Uh, this is revival, amen? amen. How many of you have been revived this week? Let's see. Yes, yes, been good, been precious, and it's just so good to see many of the friends. I, a lot of y'all I haven't seen since school days. I didn't hardly recognize you've aged so much, but I, I'm sure that you. Uh, didn't have any trouble uh, recognizing me. <laughs> but, oh, me, what a precious church. He is here. Don't you just feel his presence tonight? My wife got on such conviction today. She said, I'm going to play the organ tonight. I said, do you remember what the doctor said? She never answered me. She said, I'm playing the organ tonight. Oh, um, Friend, we could never thank you. I never know when I'm going in overtime, so I'll thank you. <laughs> but I've already had two people, Jim hook over here, and my wife said, now watch both of them. When you see us doing this, it's time to quit. I may forget that and think it's time to start, but anyway, we'll get the Word of God out here tonight. Don't you love it, Lord? Oh, I know I do. What a mighty God that we serve. Take your Bibles tonight, and let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's a powerful chapter. Oh, I've been praying over this one today. I've been praying, and God has just been filling me and revealing some of the great truths that is in the Bible here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm just going to start with verse 1 and 2. And then we'll get into the main message at verse 16 through the end of the chapter. So if you have found 1 Corinthians 9, would you just stand with me, please? And if you hadn't found it, look on somebody that has found the Word. But as we see, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Am I not an apostle? And these four questions that Paul is bringing out. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Or not ye my work in the Lord. And you know, all of it jumps out. You could preach a message from every one of these, but Paul is saying something that grips my heart. Are not ye my work in the Lord? Look at what God has done. Look at souls that's been saved. Look at how God has been blessed. Can't you see That's been my work in the Lord. Oh, what a mighty God. That he would include us in his work. In 1960, I got saved. But in 1981, I started to live. I was called into the ministry to preach the gospel in 1981. Everything changed for me. Oh, I had a good job. I was a manager of Lynchburg, at that time. I remember my mother said, You don't want to quit. What are you going to do? Your children are ready for college. What long? Jerry Falwell Sr. called and said, I just want you to know, your children have a free ride through Liberty. And I feel sorry for you if some of you are still paying. (laughs) But he gave us a free ride. And of course, my son had a a baseball scholarship. And uh, so he played baseball. And got the free ride, a double ride. But in 1981, that's when I took all my job, I took everything, and I put it back on the back burner. That was the most important decision I have ever made. That's when everything I had. I let it go. And that's when God began to bless so much. This special blessing the special blessings from Lord. Again, let's go to Him in prayer. Father, we're so well tonight. We can do nothing apart from you. And Lord, you know I need you. And I just ask you right now, take full control of this service. God, you've been dealing with me all day about the Scripture, and I thank you for it. But right now, let the power of God fall fresh on this service tonight, and we'll be ever so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory In Jesus' sweet name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. I'd like now for the jump over and look at verse 16 of that same chapter. And Paul is saying, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. The necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. What is the gospel? It's Jesus Christ, his life. It's his death. It's his burial, his resurrection. That is the gospel. And this is what Paul is saying here. I have to preach it. You know, I can relate to that a little bit too, Paul. I've got to preach it too. It burns in me when every morning I get in His Word and it's like God saying, I want you to preach this. I want you to go here. I want you to do this. And you know, the good part, He never sends us alone. He's always with us. And Paul is saying here, I cannot Quit. Wouldn't it be great if everyone in this church house tonight would say, Preacher, I'm not going to quit. I'm putting my hands to the plow. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. I know that burns in me. Every day I want to be faithful. I want to be in this Word. One of my favorite preachers, Dr. David Jeremiah, I love Doctor. Now I love Adrian Rogers more and Jerry Vines, but I love I love David Jeremiah. And he said something that just stirred me up. He said, "I'm gonna be alive when the rapture occurs." I said. Praise God, I hope you're right, because you and I are the same age. (laughs) Oh, man, I hope you're right. He's coming. He's coming. And you know, everything is just pointing that way, pointing to Jesus coming again. Oh, what a glorious day. The song service tonight, Tom, that was powerful. Thank you for it. Oh, I tell you, we can't praise him enough. But I can see right here, old Paul said, I must preach the gospel. I've been chosen, I've been called, I've been sanctified, I've been set apart. This is my calling. And Paul is that I cannot quit. Oh. Wouldn't it be good if everyone is here, and now we've got a great crowd tonight, if everyone here would say, Brother I'm willing to make that same decision. I refuse to quit. My wife told me before we left, she said, I'm going to play the organ tonight. I said you know what the doctor said the second time she looked at me with both eyes I'm playing the organ tonight I don't know if she heard what David Jeremiah said but she's faithful she's faithful we've been married 62 years She was playing the organ when we first started going together. Somebody said, who's your mother? I said, an organ. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! But we see something else here. There is something Paul is saying. I don't think that he actually put it on that page, but he is saying, there is something happening on the inside of me. It calls me. It's what I need to hear. I cannot back up. I must keep going forward. Now, put your seatbelt on because we're getting ready to go to 17. Oh, me. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. Oh, my Lord. I feel like shouting. What is he saying? If I preach the gospel, if I do it willingly, if I do it because I've been called, I've been anointed, I must preach it. Paul said, if I do this willingly, there's a reward. There is a reward. In 1981, when God called me to preach, that thing that he dwelt so clear me, I really didn't know a lot to do. But God made it clear. I want you to be a soul or not. And I want you, every time you preach, to preach the gospel. I said, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can preach the gospel. And I can win others to Christ. Isn't it amazing that hey, God blesses soul winning? There's no substitute for soul winning. Let me share... A verse never gets old, and I'll read it just about every day. Proverbs eleven thirty and thirty-one. Listen closely. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth so is wise. You believe God looks at us when we're winning somebody to Jesus. That's my wise son or my wise daughter. I look at them. They're wise. They are wise. They are doing what I have called them to do. And then look at verse 30 or 31. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed or rewarded in the earth much more than the wicked and the sinner. You know, the one crown that I desire above all crowns. I want this soul on this crown. I want to lead as many people to Christ as I possibly can. Some of them I've seen, some I had not I was told when I was preaching revival in Haiti that tonight you're preaching to one million people by radio all across this land. I didn't see but a handful. But I saw them coming down to the altar. I saw from Port-au-Prince them coming down, marching the whole town, going down to receive Jesus Christ. The gospel still works. I'm glad. That's all one is crap. Look what he, look at the promises that he gives us of being a soul. Psalm one, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. But, but he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. What is he talking about, souls? Souls. Winning others to Christ. He's going to be like a tree. Burn. Fruit. Oh, man. If we could just get that burn in our hearts every day. Win somebody to Jesus Christ. Oh, what a difference that it makes. I look over the congregation. I see somebody. Thanks for coming tonight. I remember when I led you to Christ. But oh, there's nothing like being a soul winner. There's rewards. Watch this. Salvation is a gift. Soul winning. You've got to work at it. You've got to work at soul winning. You've got to work at visiting. You've got to witness and work. That way, one day, one day, Jesus is going to say, "Look at that." I think it was Pastor Mike that used this example. I'm gonna give you credit, even if you didn't say it, but I think you did. Okay. And he'll take it. But he was saying, "Suppose in heaven, there's a whole corner." filled up with things that you desire. Maybe it was that truck. Maybe it was that boat. <coughs> maybe it was some of the things that you desire. But you were not faithful. And you ask the Lord, who were they for? And he said, they were for you. If you'd have just been faithful, all of these things that you desired could have been yours. God loves us that much. But he has given us part of this ministry. Go get them. Bring them in. I heard a preacher say one time, well, I catch them, I'll bring them in, and God does it cleaning." Isn't it amazing how that he can change if we'll just get involved? I hold up a little something here. Probably means nothing to you, but it's a good story that goes with it. Only five minutes left. If you just had five minutes left. When I was in Russia, we gave out, I think it was five or ten thousand Bibles on Red Square. I talked to Vernon Brewer, and I said, can we put this little tract? It's simple, but it's to the point. Can we get them printed in Russia? And could we just slip one in every Bible? He said, I think we can handle that. So they had about 5,000 10,000 of these printed up in Russia. We gave them out there on Red Square. nobody said anything. If he had in Russian I would' have known what he's talking about anyway but but watch this three years later I was preaching a revival in Lithuania by flight, that's about an hour from Moscow and I brought my message and all at once. I saw this lady. She was a nurse. She had heard that it was American preaching there. So she came. And when she came, she came down holding that old track. Five minutes left. And she came up, tears running off her. She said, I have prayed and asked Jesus. There in Red Square to save me. I would like to know, is that still good for today? That'll make a Presbyterian shout, man. (laughs) I said, sure. It's good through eternity. Oh, we had had a revival and a half in Lithuania. God was there. Little as much. When God is there, I had no earthly idea. God was going to take that little, simple, five-minute track and get it in Russian and send it all over the world. Friend, we got to remember who he is. That's nothing too hard for God. And sometimes people say, "Well, who is God?" I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> he says, "I'm the bread of life" in John 6:35. "I'm that bread that satisfies, that bread that you're hungry for." And then he also says, "I am the light of the world" in John 8:12. "I'm the light of the world." I light up the world. It's a gospel that lights up the world. His Word, His light. How many people, including this preacher, one day was turned from darkness to His light? Many of you here, there had to be a time in your life, if you're saved, that you surrendered your life to Christ. You were in darkness, but then when the Christ came in, you begin to see everybody different. The things you used to hate, like church, you fall in love with it. I spend more time in church than I do anywhere. I love church. Then he says in John 10, watch it. He says, I'm the door to the sheep. <laughs> I'm the door. All oh, that will come in must come through this door I'm the good shepherd I'm that shepherd of the sheep. oh I can't wait to see him just to think this is who he is he said this is who I am oh what a savior he also said I'm the resurrection in life John 11 25 I'm the resurrection I was the one that was dead. I was the one that was crucified. I was the one that rose again from the dead. Thank God we're finally getting a few amens down here. Oh, I see something else. He says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Isn't that a blessed verse? I'm glad it's all Jesus, friend. And how many people go through life and never realize who he is. He's everything. He's in this building right now. Don't you feel his presence? Oh, I should. And then he says, I love this one, I am the true vine. John 15, one I'm the true vine. You know, when you think about a vine, what does a vine do? It feeds fruit. It bears fruit. I'm that true vine. That is bearing fruit in you and you and you. It's me. Oh, what a Savior. What a Savior. Okay. Look with me in back in 1 in Corinthians. Look at verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I may gain any more. Who is that? God in the flesh. Jesus is there. That's me. That's me. I'm the Lord. It's me. I'm the food barrier. I'm the light of the world. I'm the one that was crucified, dead, and buried. Oh, what a Savior. He does all of that, and he includes us. You know, sometimes people say, Well, do you ever regret leaving your, your worldly job? No, only regret I have, but I didn't do it before. I mean, I love what I'm doing. It's the most rewarding thing in all of this world. It's seeing people come to Christ. Right. Oh, man, I'll tell you, what a great God. What a mighty God. You know... We've heard some great preaching this week. Great preaching. Clyde, you shucked the corn, brother. That was good. That was good. Derek, I don't know what we're gonna do with you. Whew. Man. Everybody's coming in. Say, Did you were you here Sunday morning? you hear Sunday morning? Did you hear Derek? And then he said something. I can't agree with Jim. He said, I could tell a lot of you have rubbed off on him. No, 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 no. I want Jesus to rub off on him. And that's what we're saying. Let Jesus be in the center of your life. Let Jesus be in the center of your work, your heart. Well, we don't have much time left. What are we going to do? we got to be like old Paul. Old Paul said, I'm on a racetrack. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm on a racetrack, but I don't want to get off. I want to press on. I want to do more. Paul said, that's my goal, because... There's reward waiting at the end. There is a reward. Oh, when I think about it, can you imagine? We get excited sometimes. <laughs> that here for some reward. Years ago, Temple Baptist Church gave me the Heisman Trophy, and I appreciate it. you know what? That's probably got dust on it tonight. But you know what I'm looking for too? I'm looking for that, that soul winner's crown. That's what I want. That's what I want above everything. I want that soul winner's crown that I can lay them at the feet of my Savior and say it's yours because of you people have been saved. Think about it. What do you have on the other side? What do you have over there? Are you leading anybody to Christ? What are you doing with your time? It goes by so fast. I can't believe I'm going now on 86. I know I look like 16, but I... <laughs> but I... I'm an old man. I'm an old man. And I said, God, as long as you put breath in my shoes on my feet, and give me a place to preach, I'm going to preach the gospel just as long as I can. And I want to look at verse 22. Mm. The word, the, the weak, because I am weak. That I may gain the weak. And I am made all things to all men. Watch it, That I might, by all means, serve some, win some. That's just that's what I want to do. Is that what you want to do? Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to be the caregiver? Don't you want to be somebody that when you walk up, and say, you know, watch out, here comes a blessing. Here comes a blessing. They love the Lord. They are soul winners. They are preachers of the Word of God. And there's great respect. Great respect. Not too long ago, I was in a probably food line. My wife and I, we spent a lot of time in food. Line. <laughs> I don't like food. No, I better not say that. But anyway, I was in line. I was trying to get checked out with a couple of items that I had. And his guy in front of me, he was just taking God's name in vain. And I I walked up behind him. I wanted to hit him, but I just (laughs) tapped him very lightly on his shoulder. I said, sir, I'm a born-again Christian. Jesus (laughs) has saved me. Pretty obvious, you are cursing my Savior. This is one that I love. Would you like to repent? <laughs> he let me have a couple words that I will never use from the pulpit. I said, sir, we'll give you one verse of Scripture. Won't you think about it? Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Where are you going to spend eternity? He didn't say anything, but he got out of line and I moved up. I got closer to get mine checked out. (laughs) What a Savior. Oh, what a Savior that we had! And now, I've already got the sign to quit. Watch this. Paul said, there is a finish line. We're going to cross that finish line. It's a finish line. When everything here, we've it's over well, but there's a finish line. I like to call it the judgment line. But there's a finish line. Look with me, if you would, in verse twenty-four and twenty-five. Know ye not that they once run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may attain. And every man that striveth for the masters is temperate in all things. Now they do it to attain a corruptible, corruptible crown. But we... said it with me. Incorruptible crown. I'm waiting for that one. That's the one I want. I want that one. He... Promise, I've got a promise. If I would preach the gospel, if I would be a soul winner, I'm going to have a reward. Oh, me, hey, I'm happy about it. But how about you? How about you, friend? What are you going to have? When you make it to the finish line, you will hear this. Come on in, my, my child. You serve me well in unto the kingdom. But would it be terrible to hear the words? I know you not. I know you not. You know, I find out in my ministry that it's a lot of people that do not know for sure they got a home in heaven. They can talk about it. But when I ask them, share it with me. Tell me when it happened. They said, well, I joined church. I said, I did too. I was lost. How about you? I joined church. I said, well, who did you pray to? Well, I just pray to the pastor. You know, we've got one of the best pastors around. I mean it. I meet a whole lot of them. Some good, some not so good. But I want you to know, as good as a pastor is, he can't save you. Only Jesus can. My mother was one of the great prayer warriors. She had arthritis in her hands. Mom couldn't hardly walk. And when I went into the ministry, she said, I wish there's something I could do for you. I said, Mom, you can. You can pray for me. Would you make a promise that you'll pray for me Every day. She said, I will. I can do that. I will pray for you every day. So mama did. Mama was had taken her that night to the hospital. And I remember saying, Mom, are you ready to meet Jesus? You know what mama said? I hope so. I said, Mama, you gotta have more than I hope so. You gotta have a no-so, mama. And I said the gospel. I wish you could have seen the smile on mama's. Mama, settled it all. My daddy was up in his eighties. Rough, tough man, boozer, but he loved his family. I was getting ready to get a haircut, just as clear as it could possibly be. God said, go see Dad. Go see your daddy right now. I got up. And the barber said, you next. And I said, no, get somebody else. I've got something else i got to do. God told me to go see Daddy. Daddy had a little garage. He used to love piddling. To he had two signs open and closed. And I remember going in. I didn't ask him to close, but I did it for him. I turned and said, Closed. I said to my daddy, Daddy. God sent me here. I'm just as sure as I'm standing here. And God wants you in heaven. God wants you in heaven. Well, I'm saved. Bobbie Jean's saved. My wife and Joe are saved, Daddy, Daddy, we love you. We want you in heaven. Daddy had a garage and a pot belly stove. Now I'm not talking about a person, but it was a stove. And I remember Dad knelt down beside that old pedestal. And I said, Dad, just pray to Jesus. Let's just talk to him. And I remember how he gave his heart to Jesus there. Oh, he got saved. I said, now something God wants you to do now. I'm gonna tell him about baptism joining church. He said, God's gotta wait. I'm going to tell mama. <laughs> and Daddy went around and told mama. Whew. Have you ever seen two people up in the 80s get to kissing? <laughs> I mean to say we had a hallelujah time there. Let me tell you, it's nothing like soul winning. There's nothing like seeing your parents saved. There's nothing like seeing your children saved. There's nothing like seeing your friends saved. Let me ask you, are you saved? Are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? Do you know? Has there been, watch you, has there been a time in your life? that you know you were born again if not you need it it makes a difference mine happened in 1980 a 60 when i was saved and 80 when i was called to preach where are you tonight where are you I'm getting ready to close, coming in full landing. Jim Hooker's already given me the sign. (laughs) But listen to me. Listen to me. If you are not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, it's easy. All you got to do is just come right down here. I'd love to get down with you and pray. And the others will too. Give your heart to Jesus. <coughs> the other part, of my invitation tonight, <coughs> is that God's been burdening my heart all day for this. I believe we're so close to the end, very close, and I'm going to ask tonight. If you're here tonight and God spoke to your heart and you're saying, Preacher, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be in the Word of God every day. Preacher, God spoke to me tonight. I want you just to come and kneel at an old-fashioned altar. And what we're going to do We're just going to talk to Jesus. Every head (coughs) bowed, every eye closed. Tom, every head bowed, every eye closed. While you're seated, how many would say, Brother Earl, God spoke to my heart tonight. I needed this. (coughs) Would you just lift your hand up and God spoke to you? Yes, yes, yes. 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 Thank him right now for it. Thank him for it. He loves you. And he wants to do something special in your heart tonight. Tonight. as Tom begins to lead us in a song. We're going to stand. And while you're standing, if you would say, Lord, I'm not going to quit. I'm getting my battery recharged and I'm going to be faithful the rest of my days. Though there may be few, but what is left, Lord, I'm going to give them to you. If that's what God laid on your heart, I want you to come. Would you stand with me, please, Brother the time?